Welcome to another episode of Idiopod. I'm TJ Stone, and this is my co-host, Destiny Love. And we are talking today about what topic, Destiny? One of your favorites? Yes, my absolute favorite, faith and mental health. Mm, Do those two things go together? Absolutely. Absolutely. In my book, they do. I think so. (laughs) And of course, remember, in case we forget later, to rate, review, and subscribe. Check us out on idiopod.com. You can find us wherever you find good podcasts and check out our Facebook, our Instagram. Send us a comment, a like, something on there, share a post. Help us get the word out to grow this community. All right. So mental health and spirituality what is your experience with that maybe you should give a little of your background destiny i know this is kind of your wheelhouse yes so i am a licensed independent clinical social worker and a private independent practitioner so this is what i get to do every day i get to journey with people i get to hear stories we get to dive into the deep um and just really just embrace where we are. That's not always easy. Um, I love to provide the safe space just for vulnerability, to take the mask off, let it all hang out, because we need more spaces like that. Um, So I absolutely love, love, love the work that we get to do. And I love just advocating for therapy you know, letting, letting people know, giving others and myself permission to be human and to have Jesus and a therapist. It doesn't have to be the either or, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so I have found myself weirdly um, hitting up against the mental health world for a number of years now, having married a clinical psychologist. She was still in grad school when we met and when we first got married. And just uh, being around, and of course, all of her friends in grad school were also in the same program. So just being around Mm -hmm. that language and stuff coming from a place that had like no background of that. Now I find myself for the last year and a half being the director coordinator of a mental health nonprofit, which gives mental health free services to those that can't afford it. We support an emotional support line that is available to all Tennessee residents. Uh, that's one eight eight M heart T N M H A R T T N free plug there. If you are listening and a Tennessee resident, if you're not, if you don't tell, I won't tell. They'll still answer your call. Just FYI. But yeah. And I've, I've since meeting Amanda, I have had my own therapy. I have actually had life coaching therapy, couple therapy. I've now had spiritual direction. I'm in the spiritual direction program with you. So I'm, I'm regularly, most of our board of directors at my work is made up of clinical psychologists or social workers. Oh, wow. So you're in the, you're in the thick of it. I often have to be the face that has to communicate all the things and the needs and the desires and the mission statements to the public, uh, the news, all the things. So I've found myself in this mental health advocacy place kind of by accident. So yeah, this this is uh, another passion of mine as well. 
I love it. I can, and I love to just see how it all unfolds, you know, like the why. Like when I look at my career path and just my education, I just see how it has all been a part of my healing journey. You know, I remember being a child and going to church and loving my youth group. I loved my youth pastor and telling her that I wanted to go to therapy. I didn't even know, like, I didn't, I don't know where I learned about that, but I knew that I needed a safe space to talk about hard things. And I I was experiencing a lot at home, domestic violence, substance abuse. So I just needed like, a safe space. And I, and I knew that she couldn't be, she could do what she could do, right. As a youth pastor, which was really helpful, but I felt like I needed more. Um, so now that I look back, maybe that is what like, you know, how we have those moments that just get us on our path or just continue to propel us in the right direction. Maybe that was absolutely one of them. I do know I went to school wanting to, figure out what was going on in my family. Yeah. So um, I call those moments idiosynchronicities, which is where we got the title of this podcast from. Yes, yes, yes. It is definitely one. Definitely one. So even saying it out loud, like I'm, I was 12 year olds at 12 years old asking to go to therapy. And here I am. I'm, being able to do that every single day. So like literally every time I'm in a session, I feel like I'm in therapy for myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds to me a little bit like paying it forward too. Yeah. Yes. I love it. I love it. So I came from a, a family where um, substance abuse very prevalent on both sides of my family. Both of my parents, um, struggled with some substance abuse issues. So as I got older, I just wanted to dig into it. I was just really, really interested in like, why, what, how? Um, So of course that sent me into graduate school, but I knew that I was, that I wanted to do counseling. I knew that I wanted to um, go into the mental health arena. But anyway, now that I'm in this space, I absolutely love, love the intersection between our faith, what we believe, and our mental health. And I really, as I was, I've always been a part of a church, but I began to see there was like a disconnect. Like you could talk about things in scripture and the Bible, but we didn't connect mind, body, spirit. It was like spirit is over here and then the world, you know, this whole, I guess that's the whole, the worldly, what's the other word? Secular versus what? Secular versus sacred, I guess. Yes. Yes. Like those, like they were opposing forces, right? Yeah. So I'm just thankful now that we're at a space in time where we are having more of the conversation and we are um, talking about mind, body, and spirit and really bringing it all together in a holistic way. So I'm excited. 
Yeah, and I think, well, I I have a keen awareness of it because I I now run a nonprofit which started as a reaction to the COVID nineteen pandemic. Uh, ah. I'm very aware of how much just living through the stress of this and the fear and the unknown of all this and then seeing friends get sick and really bad sick and die, have, having loved ones yeah. die. This is something that this generation hasn't experienced before. And, you know, kids, how to go to school. Do you get vaccinated? Do you not get vaccinated? Do you need, how many shots do you need? Do you need the booster? Should right. we wear masks? Should we not wear masks? All that stuff has added to stress and has revealed in a lot of people a lot of stress and anxiety and mental health needs that need to be addressed for the first time for a lot of people they are yeah. starting to recognize it and starting to reach out to organizations like like ours and i've, I've seen that a lot across the board but also just everything that the hot garbage fire of 2020 was you know yes. with all the politics with all the racial stuff and the the violence and the a lot of people losing their jobs you know as a result yes, of, of yes. all this stuff uh it's just been so much that revealed the condition of a lot of people's hearts and and mm -hmm. their their need for better emotional awareness and more coping skills and mental health practices and yeah. so I think we're still in the wake of that. And some people are just, you know, on the back end now that now that they got a little room to come up for air for a minute are just now starting to to really allow themselves to sit in that space and start to reach out for the first times. So I'm aware that that we're in a in a time now where more people are seeing a need almost every therapist i know in the greater nashville area stays solidly booked up with a waiting list and are having to defer yes. out to these uh you know these organizations that you know are still having to book out a month or two out to, to even get people in so the need and the reaching out has been probably greater in the last year or two than it has been since I've been aware of the mental health field. Mm -hmm. But going back yeah. to, to how I grew up, uh, mental health was, wasn't uh, really a thing you worried about or, or talked about. It was taboo. Right. Uh, in the church environments I grew up in, it was God will take care of it. If you're struggling with something, you just need to leave it before Jesus or something's something's, you know, wrong in your life that you need to examine. And he's bringing this on you to help you to realize that it's this weird thing where it's like we don't need we don't need people to help us. All we need is Jesus. Yes, yes. Which totally negates the fact that the body of Christ exists as a body together to help Hello. raise each other up. That's part of the function of community in the body of Christ. Right. And some people are mental health experts and can help with that aspect of things. And that is good. 
Yes. And I'm glad that we're, we're having so many conversations around mental health and normalizing the need for mental health care. You know, just like we go to the doctor, I believe that we need to go to therapists. You know, we, our brains, they're, there's a whole community that studies the brain. So like, why wouldn't we want to um, go and get a checkup every now and again, or a quote unquote tune up? Um, It's just so interesting how sometimes we don't even know how things impact us, right? We can go through really, really challenging experiences, really traumatic pasts, and we just do not know um, how it is um, affecting our everyday life. Yeah. And I get, I get a little bit, um, do I get frustrated? Uh, probably not frustrated, but I get really passionate um, when I hear people say, you know, just, just pray about it, right? Or um, just take it to the Lord in prayer and as if, you know, that like, that is all like, we don't, we don't do that for so many other things, but when it's mental health or some type of issue or ailment, you know, we'll, that's what we'll just put a blanket over it. And it's like, oh, you're fine. Um, Or if somebody is experiencing something in a family, you know, it's like, hey, just pull it together as if it's just so simple. And those things are just really hurtful really harmful. It has us hiding, not yeah. wanting to take off the mask and be vulnerable. It creates um, a shame complex. Definitely. 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 And then what? if we're ashamed of something, it's like, well, let me just turn to my own resources, right? To try to fix it. Or to cover it up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, most most things in our life go back to the garden. You know, it's you know, if the first sin was was eating the the fruit, you know, the second was trying to cover it up, right? Mm. Which is all all relates back to the shame, trying to hide. So when I trying to hide, so when I think about faith and mental health, um. I think about how faith without works is dead, right? If you say you believe a thing, it's like, well, what are you doing? If you believe this, then what is the action that shows the belief? And I, for me, I believe that I'm healed, right? So part of my action is to go to the doctor and to go to a therapist and exercise and eat and all of it. I just believe it all goes together. It's not like faith and not do anything and you're going to be mentally healthy. That's just like saying I'm not going to work out and my body is going to be healthy. I've tried that. It doesn't work so great. (laughs) Nah, wouldn't it be beautiful though? We didn't have to do anything like no work. Well, that's when they used to try those, you know, those belts that would just shake the fat on you around you. (laughs) Like, maybe this will shake it off and then I don't have to do anything. But unfortunately, uh, all good things come with hard work and intentionality. Yeah. 
I believe so. Um, so faith and mental health, I think it is a direct, direct correlation because, you know, what you believe, like I said earlier, it, it impacts what it is that you do. So yeah. that's one of my absolute favorite like interventions is cognitive behavioral therapy, TJ, yeah. because as a believer, it it is just so in line with my faith. It's so in line with my faith. It says that what you believe is going to impact how you feel mm-hmm. and which impacts what it what you do. Yeah. I think that's my wife's favorite form of therapy too, CBT. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. And it's so it's so amazing how we will come into agreement with these lies, right? Well, they'll we'll go through an experience and we will hold on to a lie from the situation and then it just begins to manifest all in all areas of our lives. So Yeah. And and to your point, our beliefs I believe do dictate our actions. And if we're mm-hmm. believing lies then our whole world system then becomes a facade that's built on lies. Mm. Even if they're lies we believe about ourselves or lives we believe lies we believe about God. Absolutely. And, and I just know go ahead. The uh what I was just gonna contrast the the kind of thinking that, that you were talking about earlier about putting it more on people to just, you know, pray harder or do this or do that. It, it, it situates the person as the center of the action. Like they're, mm. they're, they're their own little God, even though we're claiming that God's going to take care of it. It's still the impetus is put on you to do better, to be better, mm-hmm. which, which makes it seem like, you're holding the reins to everything. Mm, which is so stressful. That's so much pressure. That just adds to the problem, especially if you're already stressed out to think that it's all up to me. It's all on me to fix it. Right. And maybe there's something wrong with me and and my understanding and relationship with God that's caused it in the first place. It's just a cyclical downward spiral that, that you get into when you start to think of that kind of logic. So when you start to reframe it as, well, let's, let's take it down to wh- what, what lies am I believing? What truths am I believing? Yeah. What beliefs are dictating the way that I feel about a situation or my life? And mm-hmm. how can I frame that to be more helpful Yes. And have more helpful actions. And sometimes you got to go the other way around. Sometimes you just got to do more helpful actions and then hope that by doing the right actions or more helpful actions, I don't like to say right mm-hmm. and wrong necessarily because mm-hmm. there's a continuum of all things. Yes, it is. Um, that will change your mindset. And And like when I think about sitting in a therapy session, I think about, (laughs) this is where my mind goes to usually, I think about two or three being gathered, right? And, and God being right there in the midst. I think about co-laboring with another person, 
right? Yeah. Being able to um, really carry some of that load with them, the reality that we are not intended to do life alone. Um, I think it is so very much in line with our faith going to, um, to sit with an individual, somebody trained in the, in the field um, to help you, to journey with you, to partner with you, to believe with you. Yeah, I'm curious, as a mental health professional who's been doing it for a while, I'm curious what your thoughts are on why or how the the big C church mentality towards mental health has has become so disintegrated. Hmm. Hmm. Or just not wanting to acknowledge it for for the most part there's you know pockets right but there are pockets i in the grand scheme of things i think we just we all have pieces to a puzzle right so i feel like oh goodness this is this is loaded tj but i oh. feel like Fire away. So the little C church has just different pieces. Like it will, will pull out a part and just hold so tightly to it. And it's just a piece of the puzzle, right? When in actuality, we don't emphasize enough the body and the collective and the coming together. And of course, I know that that's not everywhere and that's not all spaces, but that's just what I see um, from my perspective. But when I think about the big C church and it and you said how the how they how we look at mental health. I think there has been this view that it is not. It's like my faith is on the left and then my body is on the right. <laughs> like spirit is on the left, body is on the right. And I think that's how it has been viewed. Um, even to the point that scientists and those in the field were not integrating spirit into practice but now you see a lot more of that yeah it's it's kind of surprising how a lot of the pockets of science you know for so long they were trying to just support like darwinism and and yeah all, and all the trying to disprove the fact that there is a divine spirit and a physical entity and that all of our life operations were just the intersection of neurons firing in the brain and blood flow yes. to the heart and the you know the the process is the result from that and then after they quit processing there is no more life it is interesting mm -hmm. i believe the uh, there was a study done about this but i believe the human body at the moment of death loses about 21 grams of mass and it's been 
it's been suggested that is that the is that the weight of the soul you know because they can't mm. they can't account for and it's more than just breath leaving the lungs right yeah there's a presence that that leaves the, the physical shell uh, but more and more studies have started to lean into proving the existence of a absolutely divine being or or a creator to the universe you know it always goes back to like the big bang and all that stuff well something had to create the big bang things don't yep i mean it's one of the laws of physics as we understand you know energy just doesn't happen out of nowhere it has to be created or transferred it can't be destroyed so something created the energy that created the universe right right and so now we're not in a space of um, it's either science or God, right? Science is now proving, <laughs> which is why I love science. Um, it is proving God. Yeah, and they don't want to. They don't want to necessarily call it God or ascribe any specific mm-hmm. religious system to it. Absolutely. For obvious reasons, they'd they'd have people on all sides fussing about them because you're supposed to be objective scientists, which I get. But but coming to to these points where they can't deny this creative uh, design that's just in the universe, it's in all living things, um, it's kind of cool. Because for yeah. so long they were doing all that they could to to disprove. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I hope because of this, you know, the big C and little C churches um, is getting to a place where we can continue to have the conversation. You know, everything is not spiritual, right? If a person is experiencing some type of um, mental health issue, you know, it's it's not a moment to cast out a demon. You know, it's like, let's, (laughs) let's actually look at the mind, the body and the spirit. Let's see what's going on. I've, I've got stories about that. I've known so many instances of people that now knowing what I know, just logically, like people who are talking belligerently or whatever that entered church building and then were removed and rebuked and thought that they were demon possessed when they were probably just having a mental health episode schizophrenic bipolar not on their medicine something was happening and they just could not regulate and they go to the church, see, probably seeking sanctuary, right? Or healing or something. Absolutely. And we shun them out thinking it's a demonic attack on the church during a church service. Yeah. And then escort them out. I've, I've seen security come and take people out. I've seen, I believe I have a memory of, of seeing somebody end up leaving in an ambulance. So maybe hopefully they got to somewhere Some help. That was, was more helpful than than the help <laughs> they could be provided at the church but it's just there's still all those those negative stigmas there and right it is hard to reprogram generational you know beliefs it really is it really is and that is just 
I mean, so harmful, you know, just so harmful in so many ways. So I'm glad that we are at a point where churches are getting mental health first aid training, you know, so they can begin to identify what some of the symptoms are. What are the, what are the common symptoms of different diagnoses so that we can be more helpful. We can begin to ask more questions um, instead of making snap judgments and just doing more harm than good. So, Mm -hmm. So what do you think it's going to take and what are some some reasonable steps that just individuals like us and the listeners can do to start seeding a, a new path for the church and and really having that influence, you know, take root. What do you mm. think? I definitely think education is important. Um, I think we should continue to bring the conversations into the spaces of church. Like I'm not on the inside yet, (laughs) but we need to continue to have those conversations in, in those, um, in those spaces. But first and foremost, TJ, I think education. Yeah. We need to get educated in different areas. And then we can also um, utilize the body, right? Everybody has different gifts and skills and talents. And how do we utilize that in a way that's really helpful for the church? But how do we educate people who don't see a need or a desire to be educated in this area they're like no i'm good just jesus Mm. because that's that's really what so much of the problem is yeah i think it's just a matter of continuing to be be the change you know um continue to for me it's just a matter of being a demonstration yeah living out your own life example and trying to be in relationship with, with people who disagree with you. Yes. Even when it's very challenging. Yes. Cause I've had, I've been told that, you know, I don't need to go to school because, you know, studying science is the devil. And I'm like, what? And this wasn't the the 1800s either. This was probably somewhat recent. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. And, you know, just continue to press forward and blaze the trail. That's what I wake up every day with a desire um, to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Be the change. Can we be the change? Be the change. And I do. Like everybody around me knows that I'm going to say, have you been to therapy? Right. Because I when I was young, I was just I was that for everybody because it was just part of my gifting. Right. To be, you know, be a safe space and just be there for people as they're just navigating these hard spaces. But now I'm like, hey, have you considered therapy? (laughs) Now, now hopefully, hopefully you're just saying that all the time and not just waiting for a moment where they share a thing because i i know from experience with my wife 
Whenever mm-hmm. she shares a hard thing that she's struggling with with anybody, usually one of the first thing they says is, "Are you in therapy?" And she gets ah. so ticked off. She gets so ticked off because she's like, "Yes, I'm in therapy, but I can still feel my feelings and be able to share things outside yes. of a therapist's office." And she gets really perturbed at people when that's their first go-to. It's like, yes, I'm a therapist, I'm in therapy, but I'm talking to you as my friend or pastor yeah. or fellow Body of Christ member. <laughs> well, it's a new wave, so I, I, I would rather it be over said than not. Because, you know, sometimes um, I don't think I've ever shared it with anybody and it didn't go over well. That's Even good. if they don't go... You know, I think it's just a seed that has been planted. So yeah. sometimes you're just sowing seeds that won't. Yeah, take they root just know it's an option. Oh wow! Yeah. Right when in our, especially in in the black community, that hasn't been. Oh, it's still a big old struggle. I'll say that, but that hasn't been an option. Yeah, can that you was s- for crazy people. Can you speak to that a little bit? Because it, it seems to parallel so much in the poor southern community that i grew up in but even like just across the board what i've experienced with with friends and colleagues in the black community so similar it seems like to Mm -hmm. me but obviously i'm not immersed in it so i I can't speak to it as much tj it, it really is so even so of course in the black community there's a huge mistrust with systems, right? Yeah. Especially the medical, the health system. And for good so, reasons. For very good reasons. So that part may just be a little, little bit different, but largely it is a socioeconomic class issue, right? Yeah. Because there's a lack of resources. Um so of course poor poor folks are not they don't have the luxury of, you know, paying an additional expense to go talk about my problems. Like yeah. I'm trying to survive every single day, you know? Yeah. Um, the average therapist in the Nashville area charges 150 bucks an hour and it might be a 45 minute hour. That's crazy yes. to me. That's crazy. No, it's not. Me. Especially no, when, <laughs> when you're, when you're, when you're, I mean, it's not, I mean, the, the service is worth that and more. Yes. But the fee that's yes. hard for it is the hard average person when you're struggling to barely make ends meet. Yes. That is tough. So I would definitely advocate for free mental health care services. Right. So um, but of course I'm a clinician and I know clinicians have to get paid. So I'm like, okay. It's this weird but, tension. However, you know, lots of, and this wasn't even talked about for a long time. A lot of insurances, you can go to therapy for free, no cost to you, according to whatever your your insurance is, um, which is really, really helpful. So, of course, with children that are on Medicaid, they go for no cost. You know, children, I have lots of clients that I can bill their insurance and they have zero, zero copay. Yeah. And Um, many people didn't even know that that was an option. Yeah. A lot of private practices don't fool with a lot of that stuff because you got to get set up for each individual thing. There's a different billing process for all of it. It's a headache, you know, I'm sure. It is. But most, most of the hospitals and all the things take all the things, you know? Yes. 
So now I feel like there are just there are lots of options there. Even in Birmingham, you can go to so many places and get free mental health care. Yeah, that's great. It is. We're moving in the right direction. Yeah, because probably 20, 30 years ago, that wasn't a thing. No, 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 no. But you know what I wonder now that you've said that out loud? I wonder 20, 25 years ago, did insurance cover therapy, right? Or is that some new thing? But I imagine it has always probably been a thing, but people just did not know. Like they didn't know that it was a benefit. And then, of course, um, there just weren't a whole lot of private practices. Yeah. So I'm curious to to know if that's always been a benefit. I feel like at least in some of it, covering mental health stuff is I bet. Is 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 becoming actually a more recent thing, actually. Or you know what? And I'm and I will look this up, TJ. But I bet it has always been there. It's just a matter of it being educated. That's also possible. Like you don't know what you don't know. You know. That's true. I don't know. And I can't I, definitively say one way or the other. Yeah. But I'm very curious to look up. I bet some. I bet some people had knew it and had access and took advantage of it, and then some people didn't. And that goes back to the education piece because always yes. the people who need it the most and can't afford it are the people that aren't going to know about it naturally. Yep. And aren't so even going to know where to look to figure it out. Exactly. So as much as I possibly can, I think I say it all over social media, um, go to therapy. Go to therapy. Jesus and therapy. <laughs> I think that's Straight a good up. Good closing quote. Jesus and therapy. Jesus loves therapy. How about that? He does. Because he shows oh. up in all the sessions. I love it. He definitely does. Jesus loves therapy. Ooh, that needs to be like a t-shirt. Uh, that'd be a good shirt design. Love that. All right. Well, this has been another episode of Idiopod. Please rate, review, subscribe, share some posts, tell your friends. Let's join the conversation and build this community out. Until next time, I'm TJ Stone. And I am Destiny Love.